Welcome to the History of the Batman with London, brought to you by Meltdown Comics and Collectibles in Hollywood, California. This is where we relive the defining moments of one of the most iconic figures in comic art and literature, the Batman. My name is Adam Silverstein, and as always, I'm joined by London. From the shadows, we are joined by the mysterious man, only known as Shadow Adam. History of the Batman with London is produced and engineered by Mason Booker. Like to thank Meltdown Comics for hosting. Also like to shout out Meltthology, which is a monthly comics jam at Meltdown the every uh, every third Tuesday of the month. Come on, check it out. There's also Meltdown University, where you can take classes in the comic book store. Also, comicsfix.com. The binge reading digital comic platform service. Check it out, comicsfix.com. Thank you to all our buddies there. And today we are here again to talk Batman with London. London, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. (laughs) Shadow Adam, you here? I'm here. All right, good, good. So, London, last week we talked with... Nicole Campos, we went over some really cool things that are in Loot Crate that are right. Batman-oriented, right? Yeah. <laughs> but this week, we're back. We're, we're going over Batman stuff in, you know, the, the real, the real <laughs> deal, right? Yes. All right. So, to some of our fans out there, we want to say <laughs> thank you for staying tuned to us. Uh, that was our buddies over at Loot Crate, and obviously we thought that that would be fun with all their cool Batman-related stuff turning you on to that. But we know that what you're really turned on by is Batman knowledge. So, London, what are we doing today? Today we are going to talk all about Mr. Freeze, one of Batman's, I think, greatest rogues, even though in some forms he's kind of underrated and so we are going to spotlight him today now mr freeze is has he ever been anything but a bad guy well it depends on i guess your view of him (laughs) Um, when he was created he was a a rogue just like the others like catwoman and two-face and penguin um but he develops into a more sympathetic character in the eyes of many Batman fans in the modern age. And we'll take a look at that and how his character has kind of evolved over the last 60, 70 years or so. Okay. So Mr. Freeze, I mean, who is Mr. Freeze? Well, Mr. Freeze is a scientist and even in the most simplest terms, and was in the... um, He debuted in Batman 121 in February of 1959. And he's introduced as the... Well, his alias then is Mr. Zero because he is a cold villain. (laughs) But he is considered a rogue and he... It seems like the typical uh, freeze cold bad guy. He has an ice gun and he 
is terrorizing Gotham and Batman and Robin have to stop him. But in his pastime, he is a, he's a scientist. And we don't really get into the whole, I guess, what people know him for with his cryogenics and that backstory until much later. But I think what's interesting is that he still is somewhat of a brilliant mind, even when in the Silver Age, when he's kind of considered a gimmick character and the few times that we'll go over that he's been in comics and even on television, he's kind of not taken seriously as a bad guy, but he's always been considered on Batman's bad side, I guess. All right, all right. So real quick, what is this guy's first name or his real name? Oh, Victor Freeze. Now, was he born to be a villain who uses cold? I mean, Victor Freeze? Really? <laughs> I mean, that's uh, it's pretty obvious, right? Right. Well... When was he created? N- 1959. Okay. So it's a little bit... Uh, you have the idea of the bad guy first. I'm going to do a freezing or a guy who uses ice to do evil deeds right (laughs) and we at that point we're just gonna have to come up with a name that matches it yeah and that's kind of what sums up a lot of silver age comics i think within that late 50s mid 60s era it's very it's kind of even though he's a bad guy it's all kind of lighthearted, and even the way he looks doesn't even match really who he is he kind of has this I think now when people think of Mr. Freeze and they think of this whole high-tech suit, it's not even that. He's wearing, like, snow boots and a red and yellow suit and has, like, a kind of ice gun. And it's very just it's – it's all a little fun. And like you said, his name plays on the bad guy role he plays. And that's just how a lot of the characters were made. And I think that's why for a few decades we'll see that he's kind of – not even on the high ranks of criminal like Penguin was or Joker in the comics. He kind of wasn't taken seriously. So mm. we don't really see him a lot actually in comics. We only see him a few times until his whole background has changed all the way in the 90s. So. Okay, good. <laughs> Cause, I mean, I want to like Mr. Freeze because <laughs> right now I'm – coming out against him and you're gonna your job is to convince me that he's actually a, that they made him into a cool character yeah i think they did i think it it took a while which always interests me because the idea i guess of him is simple enough and with a lot of superheroes you have rogues that one may control fire elements and other control other type of earth elements and that concept isn't foreign or new but I think it's interesting that it took kind of a long time to really get down to who Mr. Freeze is who Victor Freeze is and his motives and reasoning for being Mr. Freeze so all right so maybe we should start in the beginning yeah (laughs) good place because I I gotta I gotta hear how this evolved into (laughs) someone that I should be liking now because it started off as kind of a campy hero. Right. And he had the power 
to fr- I don't even know. I mean, just so tell me what. So he's in f- 1959. He's created right. Bill Finger and Sheldon Moldoff created him, and he appeared in Batman 121, and he appeared under the alias of Mister Zero. So Mister Zero, and he's in Gotham and doing all of these different robberies with his ice gun, and he. Can with the gun, it's part of um, he can do like fast freezing ice, and so Batman and Robin have to stop him from creating just an ice land all over Gotham. And what he uses in the comics, he steals diamonds or ice, I guess, in a way, and that's what he uses for his ice gun. And that concept actually kind of stays throughout a lot of Mr. Freeze stories, even in the 90s and 2000s, the use of diamonds and the idea of it as ice and using it for his high-tech guns and gear to power anything that he needs. So even in the Silver Age, it kind of fits and it's kind of campy and a little fun, but that iconography of diamonds and ice being the energy source kind of stays. Um, But... You get a really short backstory. It's not even a full origin story, but you learn that uh, Victor Freeze is a scientist, and in the lab one day, he gets into an accident, and he's saturated with a cold gas solution, and so that makes him in need of, like, an artificial and artificially cold environment all the time, so... You already know that he's a scientist, but a tragedy happens, and he has to be cold all the time. And what, what causes him to be cold all the time? He was in this accident, and he um, was saturated with like a cold gas solution, or that's what okay. they called it, and so that made his body have to be in a cold environment. All so the time. he's actually like walking around in a refrigerator. Yeah, exactly. And so that's where... That explains the uniform. <laughs> yes, that explains any type of boots or coat or suit or, or helm. fishbowl on yeah, his head. Yeah, fishbowl on his head, any of that. So you already have this idea of him as literally this cold character, but in this era, he's kind of... It's, it's still always fun. I always think that Silver Age comics... And this time period, you have a lighter side of Batman. You don't have the really dark character. And the probably the character that people know Mr. Freeze today, like I said, we don't see him for a few decades. But you get to see Mr. Freeze in this issue, Batman 121. And then he kind of disappears <laughs> a little bit. Um, but, in the, but in the issue, Batman and Robin, they apprehend him and... They send them away, but you get a really brief look into what will develop later um, that Mr. Freeze, his wife, Nora, is in a terminally ill state, and he that's how he gets into cryogenics, and that's the, kind, that's the science he's in, and he tries to find a solution for his wife because while the accident in the lab only... It it changed him, and it made him have to be in a cold status all the time. For her, it almost killed her. And so you don't get the full vengeance and 
wanting to save his wife entirely because it's kind of, in a way, a dark kind of story plot. But you get that, at least that character within the story. And then you don't even see him in comics for another decade. So he is that so that's from Mr. Zero. Yes. He's that, gone. So he, he comes back as something completely new, a new name. Right. He comes back with a new name. And that's more based on him appearing in the Batman 66 live action series. Oh, wow. He, Once again. <laughs> so real quick, before we get there, though. So this Mr. Zero, I just looked on uh, the internet <laughs> and I found a picture. I mean, is this what the character looked like right there with the green? Yeah. That's, and he almost looks like uh, he's got a, like an elf outfit, right. like a Santa Claus <laughs> elf outfit. Right. Everyone probably pictures him in something at least all blue. Because right. that's how he's depicted now. But even but even then, he had red and green and yellow colors with, like you said, a fishball on his head and snow boots. And he it's, had and he had white skin or pink skin. Right. So he really just did not look like anything I've ever thought about. No. As Mr. Freeze. As Mr. Freeze. And I think that's the way he was designed. I think that kind of played into why he was such in a way, a kind of forgettable character. He was only in one issue, and then it took about a decade for him to come back into comics, and it was because of television, because the 66 show, he doesn't look like that. He's completely... He's more of the character that we see in the 90s in film and animated series than we do in comics, and I think George Sanders, who played well, first the first episode he was in was Mister. He was Mister. Zero, and then they changed it to Mister. Freeze just in the next episode. So the idea of Mister. Freeze came in the '66 show first, and of course, just like the Silver Age comics, the live action series played on the very campy and the light. They had he had like instant freeze and. The side of the room that he would stand on was all blue and it looked iced where the other side was red and heated. And he brought a character persona that, like I said, was kind of forgotten. And even in his design, didn't really seem like a threatening adversary for Batman or wasn't on the same playing field as Penguin or Joker or Catwoman or Two-Face, the four that we see a lot within the 40s through the 60s. And, yeah, that's why that's another reason why the live-action series is so iconic because it brought to life so many characters from the comics and then put them into people's homes and even, in a way, reinvented Mr. Freeze, who was a technically he was a one shot character for the first decade he was created. So this is kind of nuts. So they they originally have him in his elf outfit. They <laughs> they kind of kill him in the comic books in the sense that they yeah. don't bring him back. Right. He is brought back then by the television show. Right. We don't see him in between 1959 and. 1966, you don't see him as a main character or villain or anything, but they bring him on to the 66 show. That was that must have been an interesting uh, conversation on, well, let's bring a, a hero or a villain that we haven't used 
in comics in what twenty? Did you say twenty years? It was like a decade. A decade. Which still, right? It's still <laughs> at it's that like, point. It's like you're not coming back. Usually, if a character you don't see them for that long period of a time, or even around in that era, they're just considered just a, a kind of a one shot character. Right. And then it takes. You know, I mean, I'm already seeing the coolness of Mr. Freeze, and no pun intended. <laughs> but the fact is, is you know, some characters or some villains are just cool from the beginning. Right. And you're, you're Joker, <laughs> you're like, oh, man, that guy, we got to bring him back. He's going to come back. But there are certain characters that it just seems that it takes time and different creators to take part in to actually make that a cool character. Right. To get people kind of interested within that character. Because there, there are dozens of villains that appear in comics that you you never see again but then for some reason the penguin stays around and catwoman stays around and two-face harvey dent stays around and joker stays around and i think it's just some elements of these characters that make them so unique and like i said the idea of maybe having a cold villain or a hot villain or something like that element wise for superheroes, I think was kind of common and Batman had Mr. Zero. And I think they tried, I think in the first time the debut, they put all of the the cold elements in that he needed the diamonds and the ice to charge his ice gun. And they even put in Nora and the tragic story of the accident and what made him the way he is and him trying to save his wife and all of that. And I think they had all of the bits and pieces that we know of Mr. Freeze today, but I don't think they put it in a story that just streamlined it so well. It was like they had all the parts, but they couldn't put it to fit one right. hole, and it just kind of fell. It had to evolve. Right. And it seems like it had to evolve with over various medium. Right. You know, or media, either or. But, yeah. if, if, you know, you got the TV show that now it's, uh, I'm sure you're going to get into it, now it sets in motion kind of what we know Mr. Freeze to look like. Right. Today. More, yeah, More visually so. that... And that comes into comics the way that George Sanders portrayed with the bluish skin and the blue suit and and he's cold like you, you didn't see that in the in the Sheldon Moldoff debut you saw the red and the green suit and he looked completely different but that motif kind of comes and he officially becomes Mr. Freeze in 1968 which was right around the time that the 66 series was ending, but he appeared again after a decade in Detective Comics 373, and that was a Gardner Fox story. And it became more of a serious storyline, and it got more into the cryogenics and what Victor Freeze, the scientist, studies and tries to use to help his wife and himself. And it was... It was tied into Batman and Robin because um, Anne Harriet, who became popular from the comics and then the live action television series, she needed a cryogenic operation. And Bruce Wayne, Batman, knew that Victor Freeze, Mr. Freeze, 
was a cryogenic scientist and he was using at the time a cryogenic gun to break into places and do robberies and he was using the gun for bad instead of the good that Bruce needed to help Aunt Harriet and so in the end of that issue you find that Victor Freeze helps Aunt Harriet and then Batman tries to help Victor with his condition and you kind of are already starting to see that in all he is a bad guy because of a really tragic situation and he feels that he doesn't have any other way to go so he just is going to be a criminal but Bruce or Batman both he knows that Victor is a brilliant scientist and that his knowledge can help for good and even with helping his wife or himself, it's more of you start to feel that sympathy for the character, but then once again, you don't see him for another few years. He's a character that I think they try to get that backstory. They try to look at him in a way of a sympathetic person who turned into a criminal because he didn't have another way out. And then that story kind of fell to the wayside and we don't see him again until literally another decade later. You don't see him in... He, I think, appeared in a couple of animated episodes of the cartoon of, uh, of Batman and Robin, but really you don't see him in comics again. It's a whole decade until he comes back into Batman comics in the late 70s. Wow. So, real quick, when they first reintroduced Mr. Freeze, yes. Did he still have links to Mr. Zero other than the fact that they were cold in this or did they retell the character as if he was a brand new character? I think they reference Mr. Zero, the name, but I think past that, they don't really go into it. But since they did Mr. Zero in the live action series and then he was Mr. Freeze, I think they kind of kept that dynamic that they wouldn't totally get away, get away from Mr. Zero, but he just settled into being Mr. Freeze once he was beginning to rob and, and try to take over Gotham with his cryogenic gun. Okay. <laughs> So then where are we now? So this is now we're into the 70s? Right. And it's big decade jumps. We're on his third appearance ever in comics. And he was created 20 years prior. And it comes in Batman 308, which is from February of 1979. And that's a Lynn Wein story. And Jim Apparel was the artist. And we get more of the cool character that we visually see now in comics um it's batman sees that mr freeze is literally freezing people that have done him wrong in the in his community and his scientific community and he is freezing financers and he turns one man into like almost an icicle and it turns him kind of into this weird living zombie thing. It's like he he survives, but his brain cells are kind of frozen. So literally he becomes like 
a frozen zombie. And so Batman and Robin have to stop the zombie and they have to stop Mr. Freeze. And it's kind of an abstract story, but it shows more of Mr. Freeze just being a bad guy. It doesn't even really tie much to his background or anything. It doesn't really reintroduce him, even though it's been a decade since you hear anything about him. And then in the 80s, he has in all about four or five different appearances in World's Finest and Detective Comics and in Batman Comics. And then you don't see him anymore until the 90s. And then once he's reintroduced there, he's in all different types of media. So it, wow, the 90s is finally when it came. (laughs) I mean, what it really is, I mean, it is an evolution, but it seemed like it was a, it's kind of a stutter. Right. It was very choppy. (laughs) And it is, and I think that is why my initial reaction to the character was so spot on. Because you think about this cheesy character with a freeze gun and, you know, with regards to like Iceman and the X-Men. It's his whole body. Right. It's kind of a neat thing. Here, it's just a guy who's shooting a freeze gun, and you're like, this is not that great. And it almost seemed that the DC, um, you know, DC publishing at the time probably thought the same thing. They're like, oh, well, we got to do it because we got to use an elemental power. And then it's kind of corny. So right. let's try it. And then every couple of years, they're like, okay, who haven't we used in a while? Yes. Mr. Freeze. Let's <laughs> see if we can do something with him. And it just stutters to a to a halt and no one seems to really latch on to him as a character until as you said the 90s. Yeah, which I think this new origin and this new invention really brought back Mr. Freeze and made him now seemingly one of Batman's best rogues and one that you don't necessarily hate and you don't despise you kind of are interested you're You're interested interested. yeah you're interested in his backstory he's not just some bad guy or freeze gun right he's not just a bad guy running around gotham with a freeze gun who seems to have some type of grudge you kind of get to know him and you know why he is the way he is and you feel for him and that like i said that took 30 years to kind of get to, but, and it, and the weird thing is it happened not even in comics. It happened in another medium. It happened in animated television. And that was in the Batman, the animated series episode, Heart of Ice from 1992. That's my favorite. Mason. Mason. That's your favorite one? It's awesome. It's so good. (laughs) Well, there. Well, I yeah. Guess I, <laughs> obviously, that was the thing that changed a lot of people. Yeah, it's weird. I talk to a lot of people on the blog, and and they say that they believe that this episode is the greatest animated series episode ever made. And I don't know if that's true, but I do see why it is such an important episode. When did that come out again? 1992. How can someone watch that? Do you know? I think now it's on, let's see, I 
thought it was on Amazon, but I don't. People wanted to go on Netflix, of course, but it's not on anything streaming. I think there's one site. I don't. I don't think it's on any legal digital platform. Uh, they released okay. it on DVD though. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can get it there, but yeah. you know, people are like, I wanna. <laughs> I just want to stream, which I understand. It w- it would be easier if it was just on Netflix, <laughs> and then everyone can just binge watch all of them. Yeah. <laughs> But it, it's probably available out there if you search hard enough. Right. <laughs> and apparently it is a huge episode. Yes. And so what was the story? How did they, I mean, because at this point right now we're down the path where he's not skipping 10 years. Right. So After, th- this story had to knock some people's socks off. Yeah. And I think it had a lot to do with the animation itself because at that time, what uh, Paul Dini and Bruce Tim were doing, producing the series, the art was, I think, revolutionary in the way that for a TV, uh, for a supposedly kids TV series, the whole concept is kind of dark in a way, and the story plots had a more adult theme, and you kind of, even... For a lot of listeners now, I mean, we can watch it, and even though it's a kid series, we we love it, and we think it's one of the best Batman series. And it made this character that was born in the Silver Age and was live on TV in the 60s and was bright and colorful and not taken seriously, and it made him into such a sympathetic character. And I think a big part of that was the voice acting by... Michael and Sarah, and his him voicing Victor Freeze, Mr. Freeze, the the way that he did it, it had so much sorrow behind it with explaining his backstory and even when he's just fighting Batman, just the way that he he portrayed himself through the voice acting was it made you feel for him. And you still have the same elements that I think in the 50s and 60s they had with him being a cryogenic scientist and then a horrible accident happens and then he's not only hurt, but his wife is terminally ill and he's fighting to try to save her life. You don't really see all of that played out as it was in this episode. And you're introduced to Ferris Boyle, who, oddly enough, was the first voice or the first character that Mark Hamill voiced. And then the next episode, he was the Joker. They thought that him being the Joker was was much better. But he's in this episode, and you discover that Victor Freeze, who now has made himself Mr. Freeze, is going after Ferris Boyle because he is part of the reason why in his lab there was a horrible accident because he was shutting down his program and then he fell into the accident and it turned off trying to find the cure for Nora. And so now Mr. Freeze is going all over town trying to find the cure and is doing kind of the same things he was doing in the in the comics. He was robbing banks and using sheets of ice all over Gotham and making it a whole chill zone. But Batman discovering what happened to him and even coming across him 
when Freeze fights him, he doesn't even fight him with anger or it's not kind of in a criminal way. It's like, I'm trying to save my wife. I'm trying to get out of this almost depression that he has in his state and in his wife's state. And he won't let Batman stop him. So, of course, he is a criminal, even though Bruce, Batman, he... I'm gonna hop in. Okay. Sorry. Cool. <laughs> I just want to come in real quick. So one of the one of the things that I love about this episode, there's several things. Sorry, Adam. Sorry, Shadow Adam. I just took your mic. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. But like, <laughs> a the music, the music is amazing. Right. Um, from one of the things that I love about Batman the Animated Series, which is very close to my heart, is the opening title cards each have a little symphonic cue yes. that kind of plays out as that villain's theme throughout the episode. So the Alice in Wonderland, the Mad Hatter, the um, the uh, the daughter of the demon one. But anyway, <laughs> um, but the Mr. Freeze one is amazing. Yes. And it really, it's very uh, music boxy, which ties into the show because Mr. Freeze, one of the things that I really enjoyed about his character and made me feel for him was that when he was frozen, his emotions were frozen too. Right. So he's this, he's this very cold and dead character, except for the love of his wife, Nora, who is, uh, he he has a, a music box of a ballerina in snow right. that, that plays that music that ties into the theme. And I was like, that's so awesome. This is how I'll always remember you. Surrounded by winter, forever young, forever beautiful. Rest well, my love. The monster who took you from me will soon learn that revenge is a dish best served cold. It's basically a revenge story. So everybody wants, you know, revenge stories are great because you're usually rooting for the person who's trying to get revenge because you sympathize with them. So watching um, the security footage in the right. episode that shows... Uh, Nora getting, you know, shut down and cryogenically frozen or whatever because the guy, what's his name? The Ferris boy. Yeah, he, yeah, he's like, I'm shutting you down and yeah. like all this stuff. And so you, you sympathize. You're like, oh, man, you know, Victor Freeze was just trying to do good. I say this project ends now. No! Stay away from her! Murder! Victor, oh, I'm sorry. I lost my temper. It doesn't have to come to this. We can talk. Oh! Oh! Get out! Get out! Nora! Nora! So now you can understand vengeance for love is the the driving force behind like such of the greatest uh, accomplishments. So you're just like, yes, man, I, I feel you, man, I feel you. And then added bonus, he he's so, like you said, the voice acting is so top notch, and he does this Paul Dini soliloquy where he's like, think of it, Batman. Never be able to hold a warm hand against my cheek or walk in the sun. And you're just like, oh, my God, <laughs> this guy is so, like, alone and he's not really doing bad. Think of it, Batman. To never again walk on a summer's day with a hot wind in your face and a warm hand to hold. Oh, yes, I'd kill for that. How did Batman deal with that? 
Oh, he was just like, well, you're breaking the law. Exactly. <laughs> he was, <laughs> was just like, like, he's like, look, Freeze, I yeah. understand, but you're breaking the law. You so can't. he understood. Yeah, yeah, he understood, and he even sympathized, but it's like, well, you're still, you still got to go to Yeah, jail. he's like, but you're breaking the law. <laughs> yeah, you got to stop. Thing, like, Batman always, you know, very similar to Matt Dillon in Gunsmoke, regardless of the of the personal connection, the law is like, although, justice. although Batman does break the law, essentially, I mean, he's a vigilante, and also he kind of is very situational about it. Like he, you know, he breaks the law. Yeah. He picks and chooses. That's an interesting topic you might want to think about. <laughs> but anyway, I just wanted to get in on that because the voice acting is amazing. That episode really changed my life and it was great. And so you're a Freeze fan, Mason? I am a huge fan of Mr. F- of the animated series, Mr. Freeze, and I don't know anything about him other than that. So I'm very interested in this episode. But um, I did find it interesting that he skyrocketed to fame because of this episode. Right. And he got his own miniseries, like Sub-Zero, I think it was called. Yeah. That which was, I don't know yeah. if that's a reference to Mr. Zero. I don't know. All right, I'm out. <laughs> Here we go, Adam. Thank you. Until the next time, <laughs> which could be in five minutes. I know. <laughs> So, there you go. <laughs> Obviously, it, it did have an impact. Definitely. It, it, yeah. It's, it's crazy how it did take that long, finally, and now you've got a full-fledged character that now it sounds like what Mason alluded to led to Mr. Freeze's establishment in the DC universe as a, maybe not an A villain, but definitely a B villain. Right. And I think that's one of the reasons why that episode, Heart of Ice, is one of the most memorable because it took someone or this character from almost complete obscurity into making him now one of the most favored or most interesting characters within Batman's rogues gallery. And he only appeared in a kind of a total of less than 10 times in comics and only a little bit outside of other media. And he still wasn't considered a, a big rogue. And even in this episode, once this episode comes out, he's still not considered one of Batman's major rogues. And you see him maybe a couple of times in the series, whereas Joker, you see him all the time in the animated series, it feels like. But even Mr. Freeze, you only get a handful of episodes through the animated series and New Batman Adventures, Adventures of Batman Robin, all of those, and even into more recent animated series like Batman Beyond and all of that. But you you don't really see him as you don't really see him as a major character, but later in the nineties, kind of like in the mid nineties in the mid nineties, you see him more outside of media. And I think even though this had a major impact on the character itself and it reinvented him from his silly silver age persona to someone to sympathize and to take seriously and to see why he is the villain that he is. And I think a lot of times that aspect of the rogue kind of gets muddled with however the the villain dresses. I mean, you may see the penguin and you say, oh, I know why he's the penguin because he looks like a penguin, but there are all these other backstory parts that you may not know that he was in some stories he's deformed or he was bullied or all of these different aspects. And then you kind of sympathize in a way for the bad guy. And I think that's what Paul Dini did with with Mr. Freeze and with Victor Freeze and transformed him. And what's interesting is that how 
this backstory now until even today. I mean, New 52, it's kind of different, but this backstory from the animated series episode translated to his origin story from now until today, which I find right. incredible. And you know what I'm, as I learn more about Batman through these episodes, what strikes me now is we've talked about how Batman 66, the live action show, has such an influence on Batman. Yes. But it sounds like almost either in second place or close second is the animated series. Oh, definitely. Because I mean, didn't, <laughs> didn't you say that Harley Quinn was also introduced through the right. animated series? So here we've got essentially Mr. Freeze being established through the animated series, at least in terms of why we want to keep watching or reading about him. Yes. And then Harley Quinn is another huge character that, you know, is going to be the star of Suicide Squad, or at least appears to be. Yes, and, definitely. And She's one of the most popular DC characters, which is still, I think that's why people are so fascinated with her now, because of Suicide Squad and the comics, and her popularity is is bigger than it ever has been. Um, So it's... Yeah, the it's outside of the comics media. It's interesting to look at the television series that really, I think, of course, it's because it reaches a bigger audience. And then you have people who don't just read the comics that watch TV or go to the movies or who become interested within Batman stories and the characters. And then, of course, that kind of can lead to comics. But this great story that Paul Dini and Bruce Timm did in Heart of Ice in 92 and it's considered Mr. Freeze his best story. It now, when you think of Mr. Freeze in the 90s, people automatically will go to the live action movie, Batman and Robin, which featured Mr. Freeze with the same backstory, actually, but it was portrayed by Arnold Schwarzenegger and it kind of took on a very campy, silver age, lighthearted way that totally kind of diminished that very sympathetic person that you saw just a few years back. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! And of course, people say that Batman and Robin was a bad movie in a sense because they didn't like the way Joel Schumacher produced them and all of that, and we can go on and on with why that movie is considered by many a, quote, bad Batman movie. But looking at Mr. Freeze just by himself, you have the same origin story, the same wanting to cure his ill wife and all of that. You still have that, but you kind of mix in what he started as. And of course, people always remember the chill puns and all of that. All right, everyone. Chill. But you see more of Mr. Freeze. You even see him more in comics. You saw him in an origin story comic before the film came out in 97. And then you have only a few story arcs, really, in comics that focus on Mr. Freeze. It's odd because Mr. Freeze became popular and became one of Batman's rogues in the line of Penguin and Two-Face, but DC in comic books still used him very sparingly. You see him in animated series. You see him come back at the end of the new Batman adventures. You see him come back 
in a way in Batman Beyond even in the early 2000s. And you see him in Justice League series and things like that. But in the comics, he only comes back in a couple of series, which I find interesting. And I think one of the best ones actually came in mid-2005. It's a um, J.H. Williams series, and it was in Legends of the Dark Knight in that publication, which if people don't know, in the Legends of the Dark Knight series, all the stories were kind of prequels to the characters and the the dynamics that Batman had with many people within his mythos that we know now. A lot of origin, not even origin stories, but early years of Batman fighting Joker and Batman meeting all these different people that comes in Legends of the Dark Knight. You see early Batman. And so you see an introduction to Freeze in issues 192 to 196 and it's kind of in the it has the same origin story but it just gives a little bit more detail but still you don't see a Mr. Freeze arc that's so detailed that's four issues long for again about another decade so even though he's a more liked character and people are more interested and people And even when I talk about him on the page, I don't even talk about him on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter as much. But people are like, oh, I want to hear more about Mr. Freeze. And I think it's because DC doesn't really utilize him as much as I think they do other characters. I wonder if they're scared to touch his story or him again because it was done because it was done perfectly. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe they're like, we can only go down from here. Right. Which could totally be true because every origin story now is just some type of version of Paul Dini's from 92. Even the New 52, it's different in a way where he isn't married to Nora and he had a kind of cold history and not even pun intended when he was a child. So it kind of developed his likeness for cold and it's a little different in the new 52 but you still have that element of Nora becomes sick and he needs to find a cure and then he turns into a bad guy because he wants to help his wife and he doesn't have any other way and we still get to that dynamic but you don't see you don't really see a large variation of his background from the animated series origin which I think is because like we said how could you go higher than perfection? It was the perfect way that Mr. Freeze, I think, was was made. And all of those key elements, which I still think is is interesting, they were all there in 1959 when Bill Finger first wrote him. But it just didn't play out the way that we saw it 30 years later. What... what? It seems like we're skipped or we're done with Arnold Schwarzenegger. We're not talking about him anymore, right? Well, <laughs> if you have something to add. Uh, I just – well, I want to know. I mean, do you find that a lot of people, um, maybe the uneducated, non-Batman animated series influenced fans, identify Mr. Freeze with Arnold Schwarzenegger? No. I think automatically people think they're two completely different types of Mr. Freezes, even though his backstory is matched with the with with the animated series. Is it because the Arnold Schwarzenegger version looked like like a spaceman practically? Yeah, it's because it was very it was silly. It was. And 
And just a fun fact that before Arnold Schwarzenegger, Patrick Stewart was considered to be Mr. Freeze. And the whole dialogue that I think people... Uh, right the dialogue would have been completely different because i think when you i mean patrick Patrick stewart Stewart. it's it's patrick stewart so it's it's almost like what would have been like but we have that would have been my favorite (laughs) batman movie but who knows if he could have saved it well i don't know if it yeah, because that's the thing. Mr. Freeze wasn't the only, quote, bad thing in that film that people had a problem with for a Batman movie. So even if Mr. Freeze was great and he was the best part, I don't know if that would have right. changed people's idea of the whole movie itself. But that's a whole nother. <laughs> but so people really think that it's two different Mr. Freezes or Mr. Or they don't think they that don't they're linked. Know. No, they think that this, And a lot of people think that... This Mr. Freeze, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Mr. Freeze, is making fun almost of the sympathetic freeze that people love. Ah. And it's interesting. It's like, well, it's it's not making fun of it. It's using the same origin story. It's just it's a, with a mixture of the kind of Silver Age camp, which the whole movie was based off of. Even George Clooney's Batman was based off of that, just the way that the puns and just the interaction – it was almost like an homage to the 66 series in a way, and the 66 film. But people were, they loved Tim Burton's Batman and Batman Returns. So, of course, coming from that and then going to Joe Schumacher, it was a really huge jolt into what Batman people liked. And people liked the darker Batman. I think that's why it kind of went away until Christopher Nolan came with the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. So, there's Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> He kind of, he kind of made people shy away again. Yeah, and I think that's why it was. It's interesting to see that after, after that performance, you don't even see Mister Freeze in comics. Like I say, n- not prominent again. It's still, even though his character was reformed and recreated into something that oh people would really like, he you still don't have a lot of Mister Freeze. He's still one of the the handful of rogues that is named all the time and it said, oh, name me Batman villains, and you say Mr. Freeze, but if you wanted to talk about him in comics, there's still only so little material that you get. And I even think that you get more Mr. Freeze in an outside media that's not comics, and that's the video games in the Batman Arkham <laughs> video game series, you see Mr. Freeze in, you see him in, referenced in Arkham Asylum, which came out in 2009, and you see like his cell is covered in ice, so that was just kind of an Easter egg. But then in Arkham City, you see he has a bigger role, and that game came out in 2011, and he, and then Bruce has to come to him to try to find a cure for the for the Titus disease that he has and Joker has and that he's trying to save everybody's life in the city. And so he plays a major role, but he wants he needs to use that to help save Nora and help save himself. And you still and so you see more of that Michael and Sarah character 
more that people may recognize or like I or would parallel from the 1992 episode to these games. And I think it's because Paul Dini was the writer of the video game story plot and he wrote Heart of Ice. So it made sense that this character, Mr. Freeze, that we see in the video games matched really well with the Mr. Freeze that everyone knows and kind of respected more than the gimmick character in the comics. The video games, that's another, I mean, you just, it's so unbelievable how many incarnations there right. has been. <laughs> I completely didn't even think about video games. <laughs> but like I said, in those video games, Paul Dini wrote the story plot, and so you saw that Mr. Freeze that everyone knows in the from the animated series. Right. When, when are, are we near the uh, most recent Mr. Freeze comic book incarnation? Yeah, we're close because the video games, um, they came out in two, well, 2009, 2011. And in New 52, he still kind of makes a, he doesn't really make a big appearance. He makes a small appearance in Court of Owls in the first Batman arc within New 52. So Batman Volume 2, the first. Was, he in, was he in Hush? Was he in Hush? I don't think so. Actually, and most of that gallery is there. And if he is, he's referenced probably, right? Like Easter egg. What about type. the Long Halloween or Dark Victory? Do you remember? Dark Victory. I think we need to reread. No, I don't think so. Okay. Which is interesting. Which again is interesting, especially since those were in the late nineties, two thousands, when Mister Freeze was kind of a big deal. And I think after. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of scared everybody a little bit after the 97 movie. You don't really see him in comics, like I said, until that J.H. Williams arc in Legends of the Dark Knight. But you you see Mr. Freeze in the New 52, the Batman annual number one. So if anyone is looking for a more modern Mr. Freeze and you don't want to go pre-New 52 comics, it would be that issue, I guess. And like I said earlier, it's a little change to his origin. It's He had a fascination with kind of the cold when he was young, more because his mother died from falling into a frozen lake, and he became obsessed with it, and already in a bad way, because he connects the cold to his mother's death. And then he becomes older and goes off to college and studies and becomes a doctor and a scientist. And he meets Nora, who becomes his wife. And then, a once again, a tragic accident happens. And then he has to find a way to cure Nora from her ill disease. And that's the same backstory, in a sense, that we had in the early 90s. And once again, you don't really see him <laughs> In comics, even still, you see you have that background, and then you have probably the Mr. Freeze one-shot a couple years ago, but you don't have full-on story arcs. And so I think that's why even the video games, even though it's kind of a, a far stretch, that was probably the closest people got to really still keeping Mr. Freeze relevant and Especially when New 52 happened and in 2013, the Batman Arkham Origins came out and then a whole DLC came out and it was all Mr. Freeze oriented. And that kind of gave people another reason to know his backstory. And of course, it matched very heavily with Paul Dini's 92 
animated show. So you have Mr. Freeze in the 66 series. He's introduced as Mr. Freeze from Mr. Zero. And then in, you have him introduced again in the animated series in the early 90s. And then, in a way, even for these past five years, you have Mr. Freeze introduced again. And he's in video game form, but his same, but he's introduced much more in outside of comics, which I've always found kind of fascinating that he's not utilized as much as a Batman rogue, yet if you ask people, name me Batman villains, Mr. Freeze will be one of the first ones because it's people, it's connected to people who, even if they don't read the comics, they watch TV and they watch the films and they play the video games. And that's a big, that's a big audience to reach who like Batman. And so it just kind of shows the diversity of not just the Batman history and how you can learn about Batman or read about Batman and his stories and know the characters, but just all of the diverse media. You have four different types of media all talking about this one character, and they all kind of come together and make him a very now memorable character, yet it took so many decades and I think so many tries to make him into Uh, the person we know. It's like a patchwork quilt. Yes, to exactly. To make the character. Right. And yeah. you don't really see that with a lot of characters. Either, oh, they're a hit and people like them, or you just don't see them anymore. Right. It's a, it's, you don't have those characters to say, oh, the artists came back and different c- creators came back to try to revive this character, to try to make him popular, to try to make fans like him. You don't have that a lot. And it's either you try it once or it doesn't, or it doesn't go through. But right. him... I think they really saw that this backstory that when Bill Finger originally did it, he had all of the stuff that you needed to make him a great character, but it didn't happen for a few decades, but then they got it right, and they've kept that same sympathetic rogue ever since. Right. So we know animated series, if if the listeners want to go check out some Mr. Freeze, the best of the best is going to the animated series. (laughs) Yes. In terms of movies, we only have one choice. Well, there's one live action. And then, of course, yes, the animated series, there was an animated film that Mason mentioned in 98. It was Batman, Mr. Free, Sub-Zero. Um, and it's just another Mr. Free story. But once again, it's an animated form. But yes. Okay. And then in the TV versions, it's just worth checking out Batman 66. Right. It's worth, and then, which is interesting to kind of go into the Fox live action series, Gotham is coming back this month, uh, September 21st. And Mr. Freeze in this season, season two, is going to be introduced. Ooh. So I'm interested to see how they're going to portray him and how he's going to start off because we already have been introduced to a lot of different rogues in the story and now they're just going to keep developing. But this one, we haven't even seen the beginning yet. So That I'm, could be really cool. I mean, it could be the new origin of Mr. Freeze. Definitely. The way this character has worked in the Right. And these origins and this whole series, I know a lot of people don't, well, not a lot of people, but some people don't like it because Bruce Wayne isn't Batman yet and then Joker's not there and Riddler isn't Riddler yet and all of these different things. 
But I like the way that this show is taking on the origins and how it's developing these characters because then, like I said, a lot of people, the background and the origin to villains, why they are the villains they are, that background gets muddled in. But in this series, you get to see Oswald Cobblepot as the penguin and you know exactly why he's named the penguin you know his attitude and the way that he works and already in the first season you're like oh I know exactly why he's the penguin and there's all of these key elements to it but I think in comics a lot of people kind of push that away and they just see oh he dresses like a penguin and they don't know the full backstory and I think Gotham is a really good series if you want to get into some of your favorite villains and characters and see a a kind of new spin even though it takes a lot of cues from comics a new spin to learning about your favorite rogues that you that you read in the comics yeah and then for mr freeze in terms of comic books is there any story that you could point the listeners to to maybe check out I think if you want to have a New 52 story, there's a Mr. Freeze one-shot, and there's a Mr. Freeze story in Batman Annual number one. I think it's volume four at this point. Um, And then pre-New 52, just like I mentioned before, there's a story called Snow. It's in Legends of the Dark Knight number 192 to 196, and that came out in 2005, and that's a really good origin story and you get a little bit more of Victor Freeze and how he transformed into Mr. Freeze. So I think with the little comics that you do get of Mr. Freeze, I would definitely recommend that J.H. Williams story. And is there any particular Mr. Freeze figure or toy or statue that you um, that you tend to gravitate towards? I am well for me, I always favor because they just put out a, a new line of animated series toys. So it's very biased because I love the animated series, but they have a Mr. Freeze toy. And I think it's because for me, that's how I first saw Mr. Freeze because I didn't see Mr. Freeze in the 66 show until right after I saw him in the animated series. So even though Adam West Batman was the first Batman I saw and then I was introduced into Kevin Conroy's Batman... I think, for me, the action figures is kind of from the animated series line. I think because that's... That's your thing. Yeah. (laughs) That's why they make so many, because each person has their own thing when it comes to these characters. Right, but I'm sure there's tons of different variations of Freeze statues and collectibles and all of that out there, I'm sure. (laughs) And having your ear to the Gotham streets is there anything new or do you have you heard any teasers about Mr. Freeze coming back in the comic books on a storyline on storyline no i think the the most i've heard is through the the live the live the action gotham. the gotham yeah right. so i'm excited to see that and i'm i'm curious to see if they're going to like you said kind of change his origin because in this they're not really following a formula. They can reinvent him again. Yeah. So um, I'm excited to see that. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. So, London, if anyone has a specific Mr. Freeze question for you or want to sh- reach you about anything with regards to the podcast, h- how best to get in touch with you? Best way is to email me at historyofthebatman at gmail.com. I want to thank everyone who has reached out and emailed me and has given 
podcast requests and all kinds of stuff because I know you guys are listening and you're into the show and I really appreciate it. So you can email me at historyofthebatman at gmail.com or you can message me on instagram.com slash historyofthebatman or follow the post on Twitter at twitter.com slash histofthebatman and like on facebook.com slash historyofthebatman. But yes, shoot me an email of comments, of requests, anything that you want to hear on the show at historyofthebatman at gmail.com. And something's also coming up at the end of September, right? Yes. What is it? September 26th is Batman Day. Oh, what does that even mean? <laughs> well, last year they had a Batman Day in late July to celebrate the 75th anniversary of Batman. But it And it was all over all different types of comic book stores and libraries and bookstores celebrated Batman Day with giving out free... Batman comics and a lot of different creators and came out to different places and celebrated the Caped Crusader. And last year they had different masks and different comics to give out and they gave out capes and it was a whole thing and it became and it was really popular. And so DC decided to bring it back again and kind of I think they're going to Hold the tradition of having a day each year as Batman Day because so many people responded so well to it. And Meltdown Comics is having a Batman Day September 26th. So all of you guys listening that are local and are in the L.A. area, of course, we're going to be here and we'll probably be recording. So you should come on down for Batman Day. And, yeah, it's, it's fun because you – you get to celebrate. We always celebrate Batman every day and on every episode of History of the Batman. But it's great to see it kind of on a global scale where everywhere on one day, everyone is celebrating Batman. For any fan, that's just awesome, I think. <laughs> there you go. Batman Day coming up soon. Stay tuned to MeltComics.com for all the details about what will be happening here at the store. I've uh, got some creators coming in and all kinds of giveaways and whatnot going to happen. More details to come on that. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I think we've covered Mr. Freeze. Any other Freeze comments to reflect on? or? Well, I I really like the character because he was intro- he was reinvented so many times in a way. And what's best is that he was reinvented outside of comics. And I think that's always fun to look at, just like characters like Harley Quinn that we mentioned earlier. She was invented for the television show, and then she went into comics. And it's always great to see Batman characters that have evolved in different mediums, yet they hold true to what we know of the character that was first created in a comic book. So I think his evolution is different from others, and it kind of took some hard work to kind of get to the perfect Mr. Freeze that I think everyone envisions when someone says Mr. Freeze or will ask you, what do you know about Mr. Freeze? It took a couple tries to get there, but it took, but I think what we have with his origin and what we know of him and then what we know today and in what media we've seen him in, we've seen a lot of different interpretations, which just makes his the whole Batman history just so dynamic and interesting to to study and learn. 
There you have it. <laughs> Mr. Freeze on the history of the Batman with London. All right. Thanks, listeners, for tuning in once again. We truly appreciate uh, you, your fandom, your being an audience to us. It is awesome. Again, we've had some great responses. Please reach out to London if you have any questions. She gave you the ways in which to reach her. Uh, also, if you like Disney, we have a Disney Click podcast that also comes out from Meltdown. There's Meltcast 3.0. We've got the Digital Lizards of Doom on YouTube, so Meltdown Network is just booming right now. We've got some new shows coming out in the next couple weeks, so stay tuned for that as well. And thanks again. Really appreciate it. This is the History of the Batman with London from Meltdown Comics and Collectibles. Thank you very much for tuning in. Peace, love, and Batman. Batman.